This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I am Dean Holland, her aiding and abetting Batman sort of kind of guy in the garden. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm great. I like the way we synchronize our dancing as for the intro music. That's very yeah. cool. Well, you know what? You you <laughs> got me onto that. I think, you know, it was something that you and Frank must have done. So I you no, know I think I'd just do it. It just gets me yeah. it's just, you know, it's one of those things, right? <laughs> yeah, well it's it's it, it is we do the little dance in the morning. Yeah. You just you know. So, because you've been doing this how long have you been doing the show now, Charlie? Ooh, I think I've completely lost track. I think we're at year fifteen. Year fifteen. I look that up. I think. So. Wow. And I am approaching the end of my very first year with you. I'm, year I'm coming a, upon my uh, my anniversary date here on Zoomer. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, uh, very cool. Well, speaking yeah. of a couple of weeks, um, just mm-hmm. before you do the numbers, I just want to give everybody a heads up. Yeah. I know I'm not asking for your sympathy, but I do need people <laughs> to please work with me on this. Uh, as everybody knows, I've been hosting a series, a documentary series called Healing Gardens. It has aired on Vision TV, 10 episodes, which are uh, still, in, they will be rerunning all winter on Vision TV, but we're also producing more episodes. So I'm off to Hawaii this Thursday to make another episode of Healing Gardens uh, on the island of Kauai, which is also known as the Garden Island. And I'm totally looking forward to this. It's going to be very exciting, but it means that we will not be able to do the radio show next Saturday or the Saturday after live. I thought I could. I thought, oh, I'll just do it from Hawaii. But as it turns out, when it's 9 a.m. here in Ontario, it's 3 a.m. in Hawaii. So no way. Sorry, (laughs) not doing it. Not doing it. So we will be in reruns. The next Mm -hmm. two Saturdays, just so everybody knows, will be repeats. uh, But then I'll be back and we'll be back live in three weeks from today. But for the next two weeks, we will be doing repeats. Gotcha. And I don't know if you can see from here, because, of course, I'm in my Collingwood studio and you are in your in your Prince Edward County studio, but I am not feeling sorry for you whatsoever. So. <laughs> I, know, I know. When I tell people, it's like, I know, I know you're going to hate me when I say this, yeah. but this is what's happening. And it's like, oh, I totally hate you. Or they want to carry my luggage, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, you maybe bring me back a grass skirt or something, you know, just, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, a, you know, flower necklace. Uh, yeah. Lady, oh, how about some? Some, maybe some Kona coffee. Will they let you bring uh, coffee back? Yes, I think they, so. I think so, because that actually, very seriously, I'm uh, my wife and I are both coffee drinkers. We would like yeah. that. And that's something that grows, so that would be very appropriate. That's right. And it's famous. Fam- you know, Hawaii's famous yeah. for the Kona coffee. Okay, there you go. Right. 
Okay, oh, no, I am no. going to give out the numbers now. Yeah, okay. uh, if you would have a if you have a question, and it can be an indoor gardening question or an outdoor gardening question, and uh, we would love for you to call. And the number in Toronto is four one six three six zero zero seven four zero, or toll free anywhere in the province of Ontario one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. And please let Carlos know who is our operator, and he will uh, be uh, fielding the calls. Please let him know if you are a first time caller, and I'll give you these garden wings and of course we want you to call often we love you to call early and please 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 one question per call okay so with that we will take our first break and we will be back with much more right here on the garden show fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio Yes, we are back here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Dean Holland, and uh, we uh, it is the season for bulb planting, isn't it, yeah. Charlie? It is. Uh, well, it is. I mean, you got to plant them now. If you don't plant them now, the ground will freeze, and yes. then you can't plant them. Right. So, of course. Absolutely. If you've purchased bulbs, which many of us have, yes. that's got to be on the agenda. And you know, it's uh, we were hurting for rain here for the last couple of weeks. Now suddenly we're starting to get some rain. So uh, even right now, my sky has just darkened. Uh, we do have some rain coming this morning, but tomorrow looks gorgeous. Tomorrow is going to be clear and sunny at my place, and then rain for the rest of the week. So you know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, I think you know. I think I we have planned to do some of our bulbs this weekend as well. So today slash tomorrow. Tomorrow might be the better day. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Depending, okay. Depending on what's going on, where you yeah, are. For sure. Okay. So we will talk bulbs a little bit throughout the episode. Uh, but right now, uh, let's go to our first caller. We have Mary on the line from Hamilton. Uh, good morning, Mary. Welcome to the Garden Show. Thank you, and good morning to both of you. I'm calling, when you're talking about autumn planting, I'm afraid I have a plant that I should have planted last uh, spring. Uh, I received the um, Northern Lights for Scythia, and it is still in its uh, container. That's fine. Don't worry. You, you can get it in the ground now. The rule of thumb when it comes to autumn planting is we try to get any new plants into the ground about or at least six weeks before the first hard frost. And, of course, we don't know when that is, but you've still got plenty of time. It's only the middle of October. The, um, the, and the only reason we try to get plants in the ground six weeks before the first hard frost is because when we put a new plant into the ground, it's just sitting there. Uh, the roots will start to grow. Obviously, the soil is nice and warm, so the, the roots will start to grow. And if they are six weeks time for roots to get that plant a little bit established, the plant is less likely to be popped up out of the ground when the ground freezes, because that's mm. something that will happen with late planted plants, is they will tend to get forced up out of the ground as the, the ground um, expands with the freezing. Well, that's, that's very helpful. And I, was, I wasn't sure if I should put it in, in the pot still, but you think I have a lot of enough time. Oh, you definitely do. I mean, if you're not sure where it's going, then leave it in the pot and just bury it for the winter, dig it up in the spring and figure out where it's going. But if you know where it's going, get it out of the pot. And remember, there's going to be a lot of uh, really tightly bound roots inside mm -hmm. that pot. So loosen those up before you, you plant it. Uh-huh. And uh, which, should I put anything in the, um, when I dig the hole, any um, nutrients in there? 
Uh, some people like using a plant start fertilizer, which is a, uh, it'll be called a transplanter or a plant start. It'll have a high middle number of the three numbers. Mm. So 5, 15, 5, or 10, 52, 10. Uh-huh. These are all plant start fertilizers. So many people like to use something like that just to give a little boost of uh, phosphorus, again, to encourage root growth. Okay. That sounds very okay. helpful. Thank you very much. Have a lovely Thank weekend you and a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's the, it's the feel sorry episode for Charlie <laughs> Dolphin here on the Garden Show. For me, 11 hours on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that is tough for some people, for sure. Okay. Going to give those numbers out again. Uh, Toronto, 416 360 or toll-free anywhere else in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. And we have a first-time caller on the line. Uh, We've got Bridget in Toronto. Good morning. Welcome to the Garden Show, Bridget. Oh, hi. Thank you very much. Uh, My question is... I just uh, just want to give you your garden wings there, my dear. One sec. Oh, thank you. There you go. Welcome to the show. Thank you. My question is around transplanting. I have flowers, and these aren't the big, huge, tall, purple ones. They're the shorter ones, maybe two feet high, multicolored ones. And I want to transplant them from one part of the garden to another part in the same uh, north-facing, but probably 10 feet away, because they're just, you can't see them because of, excuse me, my wild sunflowers. Is it a good time to transplant them now, or should I wait till the spring? Okay, so I I heard everything except what's what is the plant that you're wondering about? It's the cone flowers. It's not the tall oh, cone flower. Ones. Okay, good. It's the shorter. Sweet. Um, you know what? You could transplant now or in the spring, whichever works with your schedule. Um, okay. You heard me speaking to Mary, our first caller, just the mm-hmm. importance of uh, getting plants moved or planted in time so that some root growth will start to happen. Uh, okay. And, you know, again, you're in Toronto. Six yeah. weeks from now, we probably won't have had a hard frost, you know, or we'll be close to it. So you're, you're, you're good to go as long as this, you know, your planting location has been prepared. You've got some, you know, amended the soil with some good organic matter. Uh, you've got water standing by because, of course, we water when we transplant or plant. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to do it this weekend, you can or wait till the spring. Either either one. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Yeah, there thanks for the call there, Bridget. Yeah, just just so you know, um, Dean, one of the things people don't often realize, I'm, I've mentioned it a couple times, the soil is warm now. And because the soil is warm, it's been, you know, sun beating down all summer, that will encourage root growth very quickly. In the spring, when we transplant, the soil is very, very cold. So when we transplant, it does take a while for the soil to warm up, for then the roots to start to grow, for the plant to start to get established, which is why fall planting, just like fall, you know, grass seed, you know, overseeding our lawns, any of that in the fall is always most effective because of that warm soil. Gotcha. I think I'm as guilty as anybody in forgetting that because as soon as it get, gets cold outside, we think it's cold. But you're right. It's like it's like bodies of water, right? Bodies of water take yeah. time to warm up. And, and cool so, off. And to cool off, yes. It doesn't happen overnight. No, and you're right. Like now's the time we're kind of going, oh, it's fall. Better hunker down, you know, put another log on the fire. And in the spring, we're like, ooh, let's get outside. Let's get planting. So yeah. we kind of, our, our internal clock is opposite to what it should be. <laughs> right. Okay, good. No, good reminder for sure. Okay, we have, to take, uh, we have to take a little bit of a pause. We have to hear from some very important people. And we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Dean Holland, and the conversation thus far today has been about a lot of fall planting and uh, how we do that, okay? And so, but the conversation can be about anything gardening-wise, indoors or out. We would love for you to call us. Uh, 416-360-0740 is the Toronto number, or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, one 866 Carlos is ready and, will, and, and able and eager to intercept your call as he did a few minutes ago with uh, for julie in toronto who's been on the line welcome to the garden show julie yes good morning i have a <clears throat> excuse me a large bag of potting mm-hmm. soil it's called miracle grow and moisture control for indoors and outdoor plants um i i, I might have bought it last year or maybe this spring but um i was about to use it just last week to repot some um, pots for bringing indoors, and I noticed uh, a, like a white layer on the top, almost like mold. Now, is that okay to use? So, was the bag open? Yes. Uh, from prior, yes. Yes. Um, it, you know what? It pro. It, okay, if it could be mold, depending on whether it was that is a packed dry. <clears throat> when you buy that potting soil, it's a fairly light bag because it's there's virtually no moisture in the bag, so there wouldn't be mold normally. But if you had wet it because you were using it in the past, and then it's been sitting in a corner for a number of months or a year, then it is possible that some mold may have grown just from moisture being in the bag with the bag closed up. But oh, I haven't no, added any not... water to the bag. No way. Um, the other thing it can be, though it usually isn't, is a, salt, a precipitation of salt. You oh. know how sometimes if we don't transplant our plants, our indoor plants that are in pots, for years and years and years, we just keep watering and fertilizing and we never change the soil. Eventually, you'll get a white precipitate on the surface of the soil and on the outside of the pot in the case of a clay, a clay pot. And yes. that is salt. So yes, but in this is, bag, I haven't used it at all. I mean, I've opened it, but I haven't used it recently. But I noticed this white kind of layer on the top, and it, I assume it's mold, but I was wondering if it's safe to use for indoor pots. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is. So you could scrape off. Is it like, um, like a powdery white, like, a, it, like it's a dusty white, or does it look like an actual like fungus, something that's really kind of sticky and, and has well, body no, to it? No, not sticky, and it's not really powdery, but, uh, you know, it's just a layer that's sitting, and not on the whole top, but right. sporadically. So, you know what, just use a trowel. And just scrape off the section that's got the white uh, on it, and yeah. then just throw that out into the garden or onto the lawn, or mm-hmm. it'll be fine outside. And and I would carry on and use the bag. Miracle okay. Grow generally makes very well designed potting mixes, so I wouldn't be concerned. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks okay. for calling. Thanks for your call, though, Julie. Yeah. Uh, Miracle Grow is. It's. I'm guessing it has all sorts of different things mixed in there. Are they different? Different, I don't know, what makes it the miracle? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Miracle Grow, people know because of the fertilizer. 
uh, because your plants will grow like it's a miracle oh, okay. when you follow the instructions. And that's the blue powder we mix with water, right? So that's a right. water-soluble fertilizer. Scott's owns miracle Grow, and Scott's makes a lot of products for the garden. I mean, Turf Builder is one of the, the lawn uh, fertilizers that many people know made by Scott's. So they've really gotten into the potting soil business, uh, as many companies have. All the potting mixes that are out there, believe it or not, they are it's a recipe, and it's made. It's they test, they they fiddle and diddle till they get the perfect recipe, and then they make the the soils. They're not really soils. They make these mixes um, by the recipe. So they're usually mm. peat based. Mm -hmm. There is no soil in them whatsoever. No, like earth, like we have in the ground. So it's peat moss, it's vermiculite, it's perlite. The moisture control part means there's probably something in there called core, C O I R, which is a coconut husk that's been uh, ground down. And coconut husk and peat moss, any of the mosses, are great at holding moisture. So, so yeah, you, when you look out there and you're, you're shopping for a, a soil to use on your indoor plants, it typically isn't the soil it'll just say potting mix or container gardening or and then they get fancy and they'll do for vegetables for herbs for mm -hmm. flowers for trees but they're all basically the same gotcha okay <laughs> okay so uh let's go to uh we have another first time caller on the line yeah we're going to sonia in aurora welcome to the garden show sonia hi hi i got your garden i got your garden wings for you okay. there you go thank you what do you got what do you got for charlie there I have clematises that I've been growing for many years. Something, I don't know what it is. We have a lot of mold around the yard. I don't know if that's what's cutting them down, but the minute I plant them, they get cut down to the ground. And the ones that have bloomed, they still, for years, they still cut those down. So an animal is cutting them down, you think? Pardon? Did you say they're cut down like they, an animal? They're, cut, they're like a, almost like you use a pair of scissors and just snap the vines. Oh, that's weird. Uh, okay. Clematis vines are very brittle, so there's no question that they will break if there's action. Like, could it be raccoons going through your yard, rubbing against them, causing the break? I don't think so because they're fenced in. Like, when, when I notice they've been cut down, um, we put fences around them, and I mean like fences, and, and pack the, the bottoms with, with whatever we can find so that um, they're protected. But you see the stems start drying up, the flowers start going off, and then you, when you pull from the root, you can see where the snaps are, where they have already cut them. Just like a, first we thought it was um, rabbits, but they can't get in there. Then we thought it was the raccoon, but they can't get in. Sure. But it's like everywhere I move them, you know, they, they are cut down the next day or two. That is, that's a puzzle. <laughs> I'm not sure. Same here, because I went to the nursery and questioned them. They have no clue what could be doing that. 
Right. Yeah. You know what you need? You need one of those um, motion detector cameras that you you know they use it for wildlife photography, particularly in you know the forest and Africa and stuff. So that when something comes into your yard, the camera will turn on and you can see what's going on. There's really the one thing that happens to clematis is a disease, and where one day the plant looks great, and then the next day all the leaves are hanging and completely wilted and it's the disease is called clematis wilt and it's something that enters from the soil into the plant and causes complete it'll actually ultimately often kill the plant just because it's a a fungal disease that gets inside the plant so um that you know it can be an issue but that's really all that gets clematis but that's not happening these are like just taking Mm -hmm. a pair of scissors and cut them like just sharp pair of just cuts crazy i've never heard of such a thing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and let like there's i mean there are insects called cutworms but they don't would never cut a clematis vine because it's too um tough for them they only go for really soft uh stems and they do cut off at ground level but cutworms are little like larva caterpillars and like i said they wouldn't touch the clematis um yeah groundhogs gophers uh, voles maybe voles that's what i was trying to find out could it possibly be mold because we moles because we see them just crawling around the place Okay. And then after so they mold- have, you can put, you can literally see where the blossoms or the leaves start just, and then when you start browning, and then when you pull from the to see what's going on, the, it's actually a cut. Just the stems are cut. Okay, so moles are not vegetarians. They, you'll find moles in your garden when you have grubs in the ground or earthworms or something that they like to eat because they are carnivorous. Okay, moles are vegetarians and they will certainly uh you'll know you have voles because you will see little tracks and trails usually uh quite they just keep walking in the same places so you'll see the little trails but they will definitely chew the bark on trees and perhaps chew the stems of clematis oh Um, (laughs) how do i get rid of them charlie cats do you have a pet you need a cat or a dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like an outdoor cat or an outdoor dog, because that that's a great deterrent. Um, I would, you know what I would try if I were you? Something that I use on my plants to deter deer, and this is uh, a spray okay. that we spray on um, any plants to deter anything that might chew our plants. Okay. And it's called plant skid. And plant, you can buy plant, plant skid. P-L- so P L A N T plant, and then skid S as in Sam, okay. K as in kite, okay, Y as in yellow, okay, D as in dog, and D as in dog. So plant skid, you can buy it at any garden center or any you know Canadian Tire will have it as well. So plant skid, you mix it with water, follow the instructions. I bet you'll find that you will have less damage on those clematis. And you'll spray now in the fall, and you'll spray again next spring when the plants start to grow. I appreciate your help, and thank you so much, and have a good weekend.
<laughs> Thank you, Sonia. Wow. I felt yeah. like we went down a rabbit hole there. Holy cow. We're talking <laughs> about scissors and Oroville hole. <laughs> and speaking of which, you got a rather amusing email from Wayne, who he said, <laughs> he said, I have a mole problem and I'm looking for a solution. He says, in my lawn, not on my body. <laughs> so since we're talking about moles and voles, what do you got for us, Charlie? Okay, so what I can tell you is what I was sort of saying there to Sonia. Moles are... Uh, they they look quite a bit like a mouse, except they're darker in color, and they have a long nose, and they're virtually blind. Uh, they have tiny, tiny eyes. They have big feet because they tunnel into the ground. They are interesting little creatures because when you've got moles on your property, as I mentioned earlier, mm. it means you've got insects in your soil that the moles want to eat. They are insectivores. So they don't eat plants, but they can kill plants coincidentally while they're digging around. Uh, digging up um, grubs or earthworms or anything and along the way they can end up digging up plants. Moles are tough to kill. They uh, typically will not take bait because they so specifically want insects. So people will try baits. Uh, rarely does that seem to work. Trapping can work but you have to put the traps down into the tunnels. So there are um, extensive networks of tunnels which are made. The good thing about moles, though, is they don't travel in groups. They, they live alone. And uh, usually if you've got a whole bunch of damage, you'll think you've got a whole bunch of moles, but you probably only have one. Uh, but as the winter comes on, the moles are going to dig deeper down into the ground. So they want to get below the frost line for the winter because they do not hibernate. They don't go to sleep. They stay active year-round. So, um, yeah, trapping, uh, even hiring a pest control company to do the trapping for you because they have access to more effective traps and better baits than we do when it comes to trapping or you know, getting rid of um, varmints. <clears throat> Cats and dogs are handy, very handy for discouraging moles and voles. Uh, and other than that, believe it or not, <clears throat> castor oil is a really big deal when it comes to moles. For some reason, there's this whole thing about if you use... Uh, right, so castor oil, you can make... It's kind of a crazy remedy... So it's three parts castor oil, one part dish soap and water mixed together. And then you spray that into the, any of it, like into the holes, into the tunnels. Uh, you spray it on your lawn. You want to make whatever this animal is eating very disgusting to the animal. And it will stop eating and hopefully go to your neighbor's. <laughs> go to your that's great you, <laughs> you know you, you know you're not going to kill all these little varmints you just have to no. drive them off the property yeah you got it okay so there you go that's for wayne <laughs> and for and for uh, uh sonia now we're going to go to sophie in uh hamilton welcome to the garden show sophie thank you both of you thank you so much charlie I have a lilac tree in a pot. Uh, the pot is one foot high and four feet around the diameter. I want to know if it'll survive over the winter in the pot, and what can I do? Wow. What's the pot made out of? Uh, it, it's the ordinary, the plastic stuff that, that, that pots are coming. Okay, so you said it's one foot high by four feet wide? Uh, yes. That's a weird so the, shape. The pot. diameter so around, very... as I measured it with my tape, it's, it measures four feet around. 
but very low. It's a very shallow pot. Yes. Uh, I would say no. It's unlikely to survive in such a shallow plastic pot. If you want to keep it potted, like if that's your goal is to have this as a as a potted ornamental plant in your on your property, I would get a larger pot, like deeper. The four feet wide is huge, but the depth needs to be deeper. And uh-huh. remember the way plants. Uh, what kind? When you say lilac tree, it mm-hmm. is it's an actual lilac. Do you know what kind of lilac? It's an actual lilac tree. I haven't had a chance to plant it yet, so I'm wondering, I'm hoping it'll survive over the winter in a pot. Well, you know what, then can you bury the pot for the winter? That will, It will survive if you can get it underground for the winter, and then in the spring, figure out where it's really going, and then plant it in its permanent location. Uh-huh. And is that the only way? I, can I not put any, any leaves or any straw or anything around it so I can actually keep it warm? Okay, so depending on where this, how your house is situated, for a mm-hmm. plant to survive above ground in a pot, even a hardy plant like a lilac, to survive above ground in a pot, you have to put it out of the wind, so you need to put it in an eastern location, so no wind. You also want to avoid sun. So again, eastern location is just a bit of morning sun, but no sun, no wind. Water thoroughly as the ground, as we're freezing up, so that it's like an ice cube in that pot. And I have had situations where I do green garbage bags full of leaves, you're right, like dried leaves, and then I just stack the garbage bags around the plant. For the winter, uh, you could get yourself a couple of straw bales, put straw bales around the pot and the plant for the winter. Um, Sometimes people will use old blankets or burlap. You're not so much keeping it warm. What you want to do is you want to trap air around the plant, which will help insulate the plant from extreme cold because we will get cold this winter we'll get some nighttime temperatures that'll go 10 or 20 below zero and that's what will kill the plant if it is subjected to extreme cold okay so that's my best uh, route is by planting it in the ground okay yeah just leave it in the pot yeah okay thank you so much charlie Thanks for okay. Yeah, thanks for the call there, Sophie. Um, Charlie, just uh, because you said out of the sun, out of the wind, uh, would a garden shed be somewhere you could put it or should, is that too dark? Uh, well, no, it's a good point. Once a plant is dormant, so in the case of a lilac, we've had a hard, once we have a hard frost, all the leaves drop off, it is nice and frozen because you've been, kept that pot watered. Uh, and of course there's drainage holes, so it's not sitting in a, in a pool of water. Uh, you're right. You could tuck it away into an unheated garage or shed or whatever, which would help with some of those temperature extremes. So yeah, that's a, that's a potentially a good idea too. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we have to take another pause. We have some important messages to get to. We will be right back with much more on the garden show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. The number is to call in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, including Hamilton, apparently, because it's been the Hamilton Show today, one 866 Seven four zero four seven four zero, and we have Rosalie on the line from Hamilton. Welcome to the show. Good morning. 
Good morning. Hi. I have a question about garlic. Um, I know it's getting to the time for planting. When is the best time to plant? Like, we have rain today, so obviously not today. Um, so what do you suggest about the garlic and planting? Uh, I suggest you plant it tomorrow. If <laughs> <laughs> okay. you can. It's in where we live in southern Ontario. Mid-October is the optimal time to get uh, garlic into the ground. Okay. See, we've had such... I mean, Hamilton right now, it's raining. So, obviously, if the right. ground's a little wet, is that okay to still plant or it should not be saturated? Uh, it's fine. I mean, the, the reason we avoid working in really saturated soil is because we can cause compaction. Yep. That is not a good idea. Okay. So, you know, see how your week is going, how your temperatures and forecasts are going. Okay. Uh, you, you really have any time in the next two weeks. I would try for sure to get it into the ground before but, the 1st of November. Okay. Probably within the next few days, if the weather, if the weather cooperates and it's sort of, the ground dries up somewhat, we should be okay Except, to go. Exactly. To just get past the saturation point to yeah. the moist point would be uh, the best okay. and get the garlic in the ground. But, you know, if, you're, if your soil is well workable, what we call a friable soil, soil right. that you can very simply use a bulb planter or a yeah. trowel and just mm -hmm. open a hole, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it's your body that's going to do the compaction more than anything. Right. If, if, so if you can work from mm -hmm. the lawn or the a walkway into yeah. a garden, it would be quite simple to just get, you know, open up a spot drop the little garlic uh, clove in and you know you're only dropping them down three four inches anyway so it, and then just cover with your hands firm with your hands and go to the next one okay great thank you and just a uh, an aside when we did pick, pulled our garlic last you know harvested it this year it was interesting because some plants had turned more brown than others so it was kind of an interesting year this year mm, i think that was the drought yeah, it, it, it was just sort of strange. But the bulbs are fine, but I just want to share that with you. So thank you so much. In the next few days, we'll be getting the garlic in the ground. Good stuff. Great. Thanks okay. for coming. Have a great day. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Wow. Um, let's talk about garlic. Did I think I recall you saying, Charlie, that you sometimes plant garlic interspersed into other stuff. Is that right? Well, I tried it last year for the first time where I specifically planted garlic around my roses. And I was okay. doing it as a companion planting idea. I've read, we've all read and heard that garlic is a great repellent of insects like aphids. Uh, and so if you plant garlic near plants that are often attacked by aphids, garlic should protect the plants. And I've read that and it's, it's one of those anecdotal things I've read many, many times. So I thought I'd try it and I can speak uh, very positively that I did experience uh, very aphid-free roses this year. So what I've done now, because you never want to keep planting your garlic in the same spot, you'll find that your crop will get smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. So this year I'm going to move the garlic to a different spot, but I've planted garlic chives uh, in the area of my roses now. So I'm hoping that that will act like, like garlic, the garlic chives, and then I will be popping my garlic into the ground and yeah that's really i'm glad rosalie asked that question i'm sitting here going oh yeah i have to get that done too mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like, my list is long <laughs> yeah mine as well yeah okay uh it looks like i i'm going i think to scarborough looks like we're going to yeah. diana yeah okay uh welcome to the garden show diana oh thank you very much and good morning to you both um i have a question about succulents in my guard in my um uh planters that i have on on outside on um, on windowsills, uh, I decided to put succulents in this year. 
And I was wondering, they're annuals, I can see by the tags that they're annuals, and one of them is called something like Echeveria and Crassula and Della Sperma. Um, and they were doing really, right now they're doing wonderfully, but I was wondering, is there any way I can bring them in for next year, or should I just treat them as a regular annual, uh, put, you know, put them in the composter and start again next year? If you can, I would bring them in. You probably spent quite a bit of money on those plants. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so they're in. Can, the planter that's outside is like a big, heavy planter. You can't, can you bring that in or no? Um, well, they're, they're the window kind, you know, about right. a foot window and a half ones. long and narrow. So the succulents loved it because it was sunny and it was hot yes. and it was well-drained. And yes. that's exactly what they're looking for. You know what? Depending on how many plants and, you know, how big all this is, if what I would do, if you can't bring in the planter they're in, then I yes. would go to my local garden center. I'd buy some clay pots. Okay. You'd probably want six-inch pots uh, okay. or four-inch mm-hmm. pots because you don't want a pot too big. And you're right. going to just go out to this uh, window box planter with a sharp trowel and you're going to d- – like. Dig out each plant individually. So um, depending, like, you know, how big they are, like I said, and yeah. how, they never have huge roots, but they right. do prefer a well-drained, uh, very, you know, clay plant planters, you know, the terracotta pots are the best when it comes to cactus and succulents. And then you've got to have a sunny spot inside your house where you're going to end up placing these uh, for the winter. And you're only going to water, you know, once a month, every three weeks or so. You're you're going to really underwater and let them just do their thing in your home. And then you'll be ready to go next spring to, to go back outside with them. Oh, great. That sounds good. Should I use a cactus or a succulent soil or just a good a good soil? If you can get cactus oil, I would recommend it. It's virtually the same as any regular potting mix, but it does have extra, it has fine gravel or sand in it, which contributes to it being even better drained than the average. Because again, you don't want these plants sitting in in soggy soil. So the the cactus oil will will drain out even better. Okay. I very much appreciate it. Thank you very much. I will give it a shot. Thank you so much. All righty. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call there, Diana. Uh, Going to take a pause for some important messages. We'll be back with more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are uh, in the home stretch here on the Garden Show before Charlie Dobson, Charlie, sorry, Charlie Dobbin jumps on a plane and goes to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I have to Not plant yet. my garlic and I have some bulbs and discounted perennials at my local garden center. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't resist. I mean, I have so many gardens here and I have never, it's only been two years. So trees came first and now it's a slow process of adding in perennials and shrubbery because partially the cost, but also the water. I just don't have unlimited water. So I'm, I've got I got my work cut out for me. Yeah, and I also like to buy those discounted perennials too. I bought about a month ago a, a foxglove that I put in uh, in the garden, and it did. It seems to be doing very very well. So I'm excited about that coming up in the spring for sure. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We have a few more callers on the line. Kathy in Niagara Falls. What do you got for Charlie there, Kathy? Yes, um, I just wonder about wintering ferns. I have two beautiful ferns, and I just hate. Uh, have them die on me and last year i kept them in a 
in an apartment that I wasn't renting, and I had them in the bathtub so I could water them all the time because they make such a mess. And I just wondered <laughs> if, if there's a way to cut the leaves off and throw them in the garage or something for the winter. No. No, what you did last year was brilliant. Too bad. You can't do that again, huh? No, I, I'm renting my apartment this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> so these are hanging baskets, like ferns in a hanging yeah. basket? Oh, yeah, I know. They're messy. But if you can hang them in a bathroom or in one of your more humid parts of the home, so mm. kitchens, bathrooms tend to be the most humid, then that's what you should do. And you're right. You've got to comb out all the, the yellow and brown stuff before you bring them in. Then you're going to water them thoroughly before you bring them in. And then, yeah, keeping them you know, out of drafts. High humidity, watered, not soaking wet, but you know, consistently watered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very, they add a, a real lovely ambiance to a to a home, but they are a bit of work for sure. Yeah, that that they are. They their leaves constantly yeah. fall, so yeah, they do. They are a bit messy. Yeah. Well, that's all okay. I wanted to know. I I just was hoping you had a had a solution <laughs> yeah. for me. Make them go dormant. You can't. They are never dormant. Yeah, you can't just shut them down. Uh, You've got to let them do their thing. They will slow down for the winter. Yeah, it's just uh, the cooler you keep them. You know, if you had a, a bedroom you don't use uh, that's bright. Um, right. And, yeah, you could a couple of fern stands and just let them be there and shake them every now and then and sweep up the debris. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. You good. Very much. Yeah. Good luck on that, Kathy. Yeah, we like yeah. our ferns for sure. sure yeah. Okay. Let's go to Hildy in Toronto. Hildy, oh, hey. welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning. Thank you. Nice to be back. Um, I have a question regarding um, a pest that I have found. I called about it before, but we didn't get to what it actually was. Was um, leaf miner? Oh yeah. Yeah, and and it creates little tunnels in between the upper and lower lower leaf surface. And I'm wondering where do they come from, and how do I really, other than cutting off, like mostly on spider plants, I have been ripping off the leaves of the spider plants um, where there is damage. So that I thought, well, if I get rid of what's inside, you know, maybe they'll stop. So I think it's had a good effect. But it's not completely gone, and I'm still pulling off tips of spider plant leaves. Wow. How, where do they come from? Where, how, do, wow. how do you get rid of them without ripping apart the plant? Uh, well, that's the thing, is you can't. I, just, I find that interesting. So on your spider plants, I've never seen leaf miner on spider plants. Yeah, well, I'll be happy to show them to you. <laughs> Take pictures. Yeah, well, you know so, why. For, for anybody who's so listening. Weird. Spiders uh, and uh, any kind of like not uh, not Swedish. Uh, what do I have here? Um, anyways, I can't think of the Latin name. Um, yeah, they're Swedish. on spider plants and um, that's about the worst damage, yes. Right. So the thing with spider plants is they have a long, narrow leaf. Usually the ones we grow in our homes are variegated, so green and white. And so it would be hard to see leaf minor damage in a spider plant leaf, I would think. Usually you can see it because it's blotched on on the upper surface and on the lower surface. You can see that little thing and there's a little black frass or... Or bugs, I don't know, that's on the yes. lower surface of the leaf. 
So yeah. if you've got leaf miners, they are inside the leaf, and yeah. when they poop, like if you hold the leaf up to a window, it's like a stained glass window. They have eaten out the inside of the leaf. The upper mm-hmm. and lower surface are intact, and inside is hollow or empty, but you'll see little tiny black grains of insect poop inside the hollowed out leaf. So but you'll not, know it's uh, Well, I see them on the outside because I can't see that closely on the inside of the leaf. It's just uh, a dead space in the leaf and it has little black brass or whatever yeah, yeah. speckled on the outside. Okay, so and that sometimes doesn't sound like... There is moving on the outside, on the okay. underside of the leaf usually. All right, so Mystery it is, doesn't... If there's black poop on the outside of the leaf, it's not leaf miner. It could be something else like scale. Spider plants get scale like crazy. Bottom line is because we're just going to run out of time on the show. Bottom line is the plants you have, I would probably destroy those spider plants. You're Uh not going to eliminate the pests. Spider plants are a dime a dozen. I'm sure you can get, I mean, I can mail you some baby spider plants right now. (laughs) So you can start (laughs) again. Like it's... (laughs) I can get them, and I have actually replaced all the spiders with new ones, but the new ones okay. seem to get it as well. Yeah, right, but you, well. Need to el- you need to eliminate the plants with the evidence of an infestation from your home before you bring any new plants in. So okay. and when you bring in new plants, you quarantine them for at least two weeks, keeping them separate from your other plants. So Because these insects will jump around, fly around, get around. How do they do it? They come in on the soil. They'll travel on your body as you walk around your house. There's ways. Insects are very clever that way. So I would, yeah, like I say, get new, like leave the, the infested spider plants outside. They will die in the frost, and all the pests will also uh, will die in the frost. So they'll be gone and, um, and start again. All right? Okay, Thanks and there we have it. Ball. Yeah, yeah. And right. you you have a great, Oof, great right trip. Ahead. Yeah, you have a great trip. Um, and as you mentioned earlier on the show, the next two weeks will be uh, will be recorded shows, which we'll be replaying because you'll be uh, in Hawaii. I will. Thank you so much, Dean. Thanks, Carlos. Great calls from everybody. See you all again in three weeks. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.